Welcome back to Snap Judgment. Now, we have come a long, long way, Snappers. A long way from 1969, when the concept of a mixed-race couple was so controversial in rural Vermont that one woman had to have her baby in secret and then immediately put her up for adoption. It was a small adoption agency in Vermont. I might have been the first non-white child they ever had. Um, And my parents were young and white. They um, came multiple times to the agency to try and get to take me, and the agency kept essentially discouraging them and telling them, you know, you don't want this, and who in your position would want this? I was actually categorized, grouped, I don't know how you would have said it, especially in 1969, with undesirable children. It would have been babies with disabilities or babies that in some way aren't what you would expect a young couple to take on in their life at that time. And the reason why I was in that group was because I'm not white and they didn't know what the hell I was. But at some point, the agency said, basically, okay, give us 50 bucks and you can take her home. (laughs) So I grew up in a town called Cornwall, which is a very fitting description of the town. On a dirt road, very country childhood in extremely rural Vermont. I went without shoes. I climbed everything. Also, though, in terms of race stuff, um, a lot of racist stuff. I just remember the sentiment always of kind of like, you know, this little nigger child in our midst. (laughs) There were, to my recollection, no other kids of color in Cornwall. I think that my mother did an amazing job of raising me to be um, a, a conscious human being and a real critical thinker, but I don't think that she prepared me in terms of how to be a person of color in this world, no. I knew very little about my birth parents. When I was adopted, the agency offered to give my adoptive parents my biological parents' names. My adoptive parents refused, and they said if she wants it later, she can access it later, um, but we're gonna, not going to take it. I know that she was white. I know that he was not white. I do not know what he was. He's the wild card. Uh, my sense has always been that he was African-American. I, there's, there's not really anything about it other than that he was dark-skinned, but of course it was 1969, so, I mean, he could have been a light-skinned Colombian. Who knows? <laughs> Years later, when I was... 23 years old, I thought maybe this is a time to get my biological parents' names or some information. And at that time, I was told that all of the records had been lost. There had been a fire some years before and that there was nothing. That there was no, and not Emily information, but no trail really whatsoever. So that meant essentially almost any lead to, to finding my biological parents was lost. Out of my whole life, one of the questions certainly I've most been asked is, what are you? What are you? What are you? When you just give the answer that you don't know, people don't find it acceptable. Like, it's not an acceptable answer. I mean, when someone says it to me, I don't find it offensive. I find it an opportunity to perhaps make them think about why they think it matters so much. I do not know what race I am.
funny because even though she does not know what her race is, or maybe because of that fact, Jasmine now works as an anti-racism trainer. That story was produced by our own Anna Sussman.